Hello and welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today on our show, we're going to talk about destroy Trump as a legal doctrine, Manhattan DA Bragg stalled a bit, uh, dismantle the deep state, Donald Trump's idea, and jazz and the transgender movement as torture. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. <clears throat> and hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I call this uh, Destroy Trump as a Legal Doctrine. And I just want to say, you know, I remember many times over the years listening to Rush Limbaugh and he would be on some topic and you tune in the next day and I found myself thinking sometimes, why is he on this topic again? He just talked about this yesterday, but some things are so important. And, you know, at the time I didn't do a talk show and I've been doing this for almost nine years. And I do realize that some issues are so consequential to America's future, and if there's something to add, something to the background, something, a perspective, is worth going to, even though many other really important things are happening in America at the same time. Many important things are happening on Congress and these wonderful committees Republicans have formed to look into things, but I gotta hit on what is going on with Donald Trump and the attempted persecution of him by the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. I'm gonna get to that in the next segment, but I wanna hit on, it's just, trying to tell you how important I think it is that there is a um, destroy Trump agenda, a mindset that has permeated so many aspects of our society, our culture, Congress, the courts, the federal agencies, that it is it's a mission, it's not any longer the mission that a prosecutor should have which is to investigate likely cases of likely crimes and investigate and to figure out whether there's sufficient evidence and then bring a charge. And you're not supposed to target individuals or groups. You're not supposed to target you know, um, any group by race, ethnicity, national origin, or anything else. You're supposed to be neutral. That's what the rule of law is, the concept of rule of law. But what's really happened uh, in our country is this effort that began when Donald Trump, really when he kind of came down the escalator, when he announced he was going Going to run, there has just been a cultivated visceral hysteria around him, cultivated by the propaganda media in this country and propagated by the leftists and frankly the uniparty in Washington that has just decided Trump isn't allowed to be in charge. He cannot run. He may not be president. And so during the course of his presidency from 2016 to 2020, you know, we talked endlessly about the absurdity of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, which everyone realized early on and when I say everyone, people in the government who continued investigating it realized early on it had been cooked up by Hillary Clinton. They knew this, and yet they 
they just trudged on and on, the FBI investigating, subpoenaing, taking depositions. I mean, they just, they've gotten in a hysteria. It's like a, it's like a feeding frenzy. When you sometimes hear them describe sharks getting in a feeding frenzy, they're not even being, they're just hysterically controlled seemingly by nature. But this is a just feeding frenzy to get Trump at any cost. Let me add just three little tidbits uh, that relate to what's happened, uh, recent things have happened. Uh, one was that it turns out, actually, back in last October, the Department of Justice wrote a letter to uh, the then Chief Judge Beryl Howell, B-E-R-Y-L, Beryl Howell. She is, uh, the, was the Chief Judge of the District Court uh, for, for District of Columbia, so it's a federal trial court. She's the Chief Judge. They wrote her a letter back in October, just recently released, saying that they, the DOJ, intend to, they're giving their heads up or notice, they intend to go after about a thousand more people who may have committed some crime in Washington on January 6, 2021. They've got that many more people in mind. They're considering rounding up, probably breaking their doors down uh, to boot, as the FBI has done in these cases, going after people. But this is a I mean, this, again, going back to January 6th, what we now know from, from what Tucker Carlson's played of the videos, what we now know about the testimony about some witnesses who clearly appear to be FBI plants, testimony and descriptions by people talking about obvious presence of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Now it's not even clear that any a Trump supporter actually did the window-breaking things that appears it may have been the Antifa types. But the DOJ... The Department of Justice is on a mission like a feeding, a shark's feeding frenzy. They are going to find a way to get after every single person who may have been in Washington and maybe committed a minor misdemeanor on January 6th. Next feeding frenzy or kind of proof of feeding frenzy, a report. So the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C., um, they have an organization, a, a, an effort they make um, that is, they call it the uh, Oversight Project. And they're basically looking at its oversight of various pieces of government. They came out with a report, the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project, uh, information they gained through the Freedom of Information Act. They got data from the FBI essentially saying, how many man hours is the FBI dedicating to going after people who were uh, January 6th defendants. How many man hours, and compare that, that number, how much, how many man hours, how much time the FBI is spending going after every single solitary potential person from January 6th, and comparing that to how much effort they put in to go after the rioters, looters, people, arsonists, and murderers who were part of the Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots in Washington, D.C. Um, in, um, in 2020 and 2021. So the answer is, the one-day event where no rioter killed anyone, no rioter killed anyone in the January 6th uh, protest at the Capitol, no one in that protest killed anyone, no one uh, lit anything on fire, no one except maybe a window breaker. We don't know who did that. They didn't destroy anything. And yet the FBI has devoted more than 16,000 more hours, more than 16,000 hours of time looking into the January 6, 2021 protest than they did for all of the time they, they could have, that, than all of the riots and, uh, you know, just, just utter uh, dangerous bedlam that was inflicted on America 
uh, by the BLM and Antifa protests. One particular thing that really stands out, just think about it. May, um, just as one example to contrast the two things, you got BLM and Antifa trying to destroy Washington in 2020 and 2021 all year long and all over the country, but this is just in Washington. And you had a one hour, a one day, you know, maybe max six hour protest on January 6, 2021. So just think of these facts this oversight project brings out during the first week of the 2020 riots, the first week of the 2020 riots brought on by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, 150 local and federal law enforcement officers in Washington, just in Washington, were injured by the rioters. The summer 2020 riots led to $2 billion in property damage and killed at least 19 people. But that conduct doesn't warrant anywhere near the attention of the federal government as they are paying to every last person who showed up in Washington on January 6, 2021. This is when people say the federal government is weaponized against their political opponents. The FBI DOJ weaponized against the political opponents of our current administration. That is an almost undeniable measure. They are going to do everything they can to take down anyone related, related to January 6th. And it doesn't really matter all the death and destruction and the billions of dollars caused by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Far less attention paid to that by the DOJ and FBI. Last quick thing, when I say that they are just a, the DC, it's not just the DC, you know, Department of Justice and the FBI. It's really, it's the entire mindset of the left, which is we are going to destroy Trump and anything affiliated with him. Last one is, this is just a little tidbit to point out there, but as it relates to the documents that were found in Mar-a-Lago that were, there's an argument over whether Trump had the right to remove them, even though he was as president, the one who had exclusive responsibility and authority to decide anything about their classification and anything about whether, and he was the president, he was the highest ruling the person with the highest authority in all of government. So they, they get after him for the documents at Mar-a-Lago. And now, just so to keep straight what's happening now is the same woman, this U.S. Judge Beryl Howell, who, by the way, did uh, step down as the uh, chief judge. She wrote, she wrote last week that prosecutors in the special counsel Jack Smith's office had made a prima facie showing like a basic proved all the elements, prima facie case, you know, uh, proved all the elements that the former president had committed criminal violations and that therefore the attorney client privilege invoked by two of his lawyers could therefore be pierced. She's arguing because she alleges Trump knowingly and deliberately misled his own attorneys about his retention of classified materials after leaving office. This top federal judge wrote Friday in a sealed filing, essentially, that they, they have been presented with compelling uh, preliminary evidence that he did this. And therefore, she says, therefore, the, his own attorneys cannot assert attorney-client privilege over what their conversations were. The guy doesn't even get attorney-client privilege for conversations with his own attorney. And this is the chief judge, the former, now former chief judge of the D.C. District Court. 
I am telling you the feeding frenzy to destroy President Trump at the level of Congress, the federal courts, the media, the propaganda media in this country, they will not be satisfied until they have destroyed him. Which leads me to my final point in this first five. There's a reason, there's a reason that they are so viciously determined to destroy President Trump. And it's not because he sends mean tweets. And it's not because he has a New York City bluster to the way he speaks and they prefer a statesman-like demeanor. That's not it either. The reason is because what Donald Trump represents to all of the uniparty deep state in Washington, what he represents to them is someone who, whom they cannot just shut down, silence, blackmail, and destroy. He is someone who will stand up to them, will not allow this ongoing Marxist takedown of America, will not allow the deep state to continue functioning outside the law and separate from the law. He will speak up, he will expose them, and they don't have any way to contain him. Unlike many other politicians who rely on money from some people, so they, they got to go with whatever the money people gave them. If the money people give them money, they tell them what they can say and not say. They can't control Donald Trump in any of the traditional ways that the left wing in this country controls people. Donald Trump speaks up and the left is outraged that they cannot find a way to silence him. And this explains what exactly and precisely what they're doing right now, going after Donald Trump for every single possible thing they can find. And all of a sudden, did you realize, by the way, there were documents found. Um, Biden had removed documents also, and he wasn't even president. These are documents when he was vice president under Obama. And Biden had removed documents. They are sitting unsecured in a variety of places and finally located and brought back in. He had no authority as vice president to determine the classification or to declassify them as Trump had. And yet all the Biden document cases, all the issues surrounding what Biden took out of the White House back when he was vice president, just gone gone from coverage by the propaganda media, gone from discussion, gone from the talk shows. It is like that, which is clearly more problematic because he didn't have any right to have those documents in the first place or any right to declassify them. But this, this, what they're doing with Trump, because he had documents and some judge now thinks that Trump probably lied to his lawyers about the documents, then she's saying his lawyers cannot assert attorney-client privilege. I'm telling you, these people are after him to destroy him, and the answer to them has to be, whether you like or don't like Donald Trump as president or don't want him to be president again, it cannot be that the what these people are doing to him should not weigh in any, anyone's decision about whether they want to support him for president. You can't let bullies win. You can't let tyrants win. You cannot let them win by the, and I hear people on the conservative side saying, well, you know, Trump, they're gonna bug him the whole time if he's president again. They're gonna come after him. They'll be unending. Let's get somebody new in. Understand, they come after him because he's effective, because he exposes them. And if any other new candidate were to expose the left with what they're doing, they'll come after him just the same. The answer is not to submit to what the left is trying to do, to silence and destroy Trump. Do not let them do that to him or to America. Because what they learn, the lesson they learn is all we have to do to get somebody out of office we don't like 
is to work to destroy them, and that's exactly what they're doing to him, what they'll do to any other candidate who gets into power and who threatens their power in this country. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, we are not going to talk about the uh, Manhattan DA the whole show because other things are actually happening. But uh, just a quick update if you didn't follow what's happening today. Uh, the Manhattan DA, uh, normally the grand jury meets Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And grand jury is, just to be really clear, grand jury is different from a regular jury. A jury in a, in a criminal or a civil case, you know, you get called for jury duty, you go down, you get picked or not picked, and then you sit and you're a juror on a trial. And those are regular juries or trial court juries in civil or criminal context. Grand jury is especially convened and a prosecutor uh, uses the grand jury and some states States require a grand jury indictment before criminal charges can be brought. Other states do not require a grand jury in, uh, indictment before charges can be brought. It's up to each state. But New York has a grand jury, and Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, has convened this judge, grand jury to, and as part of his and the left's endless get Trump mode. Again, Alvin Bragg took a million dollars from George Soros, not directly, but through one of the many Soros organizations to which Soros funds his money. So George Soros, whose main goal in life is to destroy America, destroy freedom, destroy the capitalist system, destroy Christianity, destroy all religion. That is what George Soros is all about. He gave Alvin Bragg a million dollars and he did not give Alvin Bragg a million dollars to do whatever he pleases. Bragg has got to go along with the Soros agenda, which is, you know, locked and loaded to destroy Trump. So here's Alvin Bragg. He's a little bit stuck because what happened, we talked about yesterday in the show, uh, that a one witness came in, Robert Costello, an attorney, and he basically eviscerated the credibility of the only witness that Alvin Bragg has, the only witness Alvin Bragg has related to the, um, re related to this entire prosecution, uh, which is this witness, um, uh, Michael Cohen, the former lawyer for Trump. And so, so he, uh, Costello gets in there, he says, you know, Cohen is lying. Cohen, uh, Cohen told me, Costello is saying, Cohen told me back when he was uh, in, in trouble, I have nothing on Trump. So Cohen then said, I have nothing on Trump. Now is the star witness saying, I got the whole thing, I got Trump. So, you know, Cohen seems to be a liar. So right now, the little news has come out um, because this uh, testimony happened, Costello testifies to the grand jury. Uh, basically, he says, Cohen's a big fat liar. Uh, today, there was supposed to be uh, a, a Wednesday, supposed to be a grand jury uh, convened again today, and they canceled grand jury for today. I don't know if it'll reconvene tomorrow, Thursday, or just wait till Friday, but I think what Costello did, he th really threw a monkey wrench um, into what the what Alvin Bragg thought that he had, uh, this whole idea that, that was a, um, you know, he had proof positive about, and this all relates to whether Trump filled out some campaign forms um, and referred to payments to his attorney, which really were payments that were passed through to go to the porn star. And again, I'll remind you, please remember this analogy for every one of your friends saying, but it was really bad. Trump shouldn't have done that. Remember Hillary Clinton put down on her campaign materials when she ran for president money to go to her law firm, Perkins Coie, which in turn took that money, hired Fusion GPS, the you know smear creation firm who cooked up the entire Trump-Russia collusion. You understand this? The whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax 
cooked up by Hillary and the one that the firm she hired, Fusion GPS, and she put that on her uh, federal campaign forms as payment to my attorney. And no grand jury, no arrest, no prosecution. Hillary finally paid a very small fine in the grand scheme of things, a small fine to the FEC for misstating what she put that in her campaign on, on her campaign materials. Trump, on the other hand, is treated to a headlines everywhere intended indictment uh, by this by this Manhattan DA who is completely out of control. So um, grand jury is uh, canceled um, and they're now saying they don't really think they'll have an indictment till next weekend, uh, till next week. And so that's kind of slowing down a little bit. But I wanted to say about it, I know um, this idea that um, the arraignment won't happen. So what happens is you get an indictment if the grand jury indicts, and maybe the grand jury's getting nervous about this, I don't know. If the grand jury indicts, then they go arrest Trump because they have the indictment, they arrest him, then they have an arraignment. And you go into before the judge, arraignment is just, and, and preceding arraignment, of course, you go through arrest, you go up to the uh, jail, you have, get fingerprinted, and you get your mugshot. I mean, the left is just salivating over this idea of Trump in a mugshot. But in any case, uh, and then you have an arraignment, and then they march on making the plans for the uh, prosecution, if that's what really happens. Um, but I want to just um, talk about, even if you're somebody, and I will tell you, I have many, many Republican friends who, even they like Trump's policies, they'll say, oh yeah, Trump's policies were great, but you know, the guy is just toxic. He is, you know, he's, uh, his, not just his tweets, but his tweets are so offensive and they are inappropriate. And you know, he's got all this kind of baggage and he's not going to win again because he's got baggage. And that is what people will say, you know, and, and they could, therefore, if they could Think about all those facts and say, you know what? And therefore, they want to support, you know, whoever, DeSantis and Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or maybe Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I don't know who they want to support. And, and that's obviously, this is the whole system of primaries. Love primaries. Think they're a great chance to vet everybody. They're the time to look through your candidates and look closely. But the bigger issue, which is just everyone's got to take home with them. We are setting a precedent in America that we are a banana republic that will allow some, you get a new entity in power, you get the Biden team in power in Washington and the Democrats in power in Washington and many other places, and they are behaving like these third world banana republic people where you get the new guy in or a new gal in, and the first thing they do is go arrest their predecessor. This is Stalinesque. This is Nazi-like. This is what communists do. This has no place in America. No place. And, you know, you, so whether you love Trump, hate Trump, can't decide what you think about Trump, the idea of our country setting this precedent that we're going to conduct ourselves like some third world banana republic is so, should be so offensive to everyone. Whether you, even if you hate Trump, even if you love Biden and you want the country to be run by Democrats at every level, we don't want America to fall off where we were for since our founding, where many, the no, whole notion of the peaceful transfer of power and having the new presidency come in, even in this case, even which many people obviously, and I will add myself to that list, do not believe the 2020 election was legitimate. I do believe Trump won, clearly. And I think that so the administration in Washington is not even valid, it's not even legitimate. 
But if we start to say we're going to arrest the preview, the outgoing, and find some reason, I went through in the first five telling you all the way the left is trying to think of reasons to go after Trump. Well, you know, he lied to his lawyers about what, where and whether the documents were at Mar-a-Lago. So he loses attorney-client privilege, and his lawyers have to testify against him. One of the most sacred privileges in our entire justice system is the attorney-client privilege. And the chief judge of the district court in Washington, D.C. is saying... You know, I don't think they get to assert privilege because after all, it seems like Trump lied to them. And we're going to go after him for the documents to Mar-a-Lago. And we're going to talk about the hush money to a porn star. I mean, people, is the, the facts uh, as presented in these particular cases, it's absurd they were even talking about an indictment. It is a political witch hunt that is being engaged in by the Manhattan DA. I just want you to think about this too. You know, when Bill Clinton left office... He and his uh, cohort in crime, Hillary Clinton. Can you imagine if Republicans who then got in charge after Bill Clinton was out decided to unleash all of the artillery that the DOJ has to go after the Clinton crime family? Can you imagine if the DOJ went after, or the Department of Justice went after, or even the state uh, Manhattan DA or some other DA at a state level? went after the Clintons because they finally got out of Washington. We finally got rid of them. So you have uh, Bill Clinton very credibly accused of rape, numerous accusations, very credible accusations of sexual assault. You have Hillary and her laundry list of crimes that ne never accountable, never accountable, you know, destroy and, and following the Bill Clinton's presidency and moving up to when Hillary was running for president, the destruction, smashing hard drives, destroying evidence, hiding a, ser a server in her own home. I'm getting at the point. There were far more valid reasons for the DOJ in this country to go after the Clintons. Bill Clinton, when his presidency ended, and Hillary Clinton for pretty much her whole adult life. But we don't didn't do that. We didn't do that in America. And maybe we really should have. Maybe we really, really should have. But where we are right now is we have a DA who is deciding everyone's on the, you know, destroy Trump train. Everyone's on this mission. Ah, oh, I found something here. Let's try this. I found something. Let's try this. And we, it isn't just that it is unfair to Trump. And it is, it is unfair to him. It's unfair to his supporters. But even worse, it's unfair to the whole concept, the whole greatness of America, that we look like some foolish, third world, tin pot dictator, banana republic. That's how we look. And the left is so determined to destroy Trump, they don't care how much they're diminishing America in the eyes of the world. By the way, uh, even, what's his name, um, Jonah Goldberg, I didn't grab the clip, I should have grabbed the clip, but even Jonah Goldberg was interviewed in some show recently, and he's a, you know, alleged Republican. I think they finally booted him off of Lucianne even. His mother was Lucianne Goldberg, who founded LetLucianne.com. I think they booted him off because he was rap so rabidly anti-Trump. He's an alleged Republican, rabidly anti-Trump. But even he said in an interview, you know, if Donald Trump's name was John Smith, the Manhattan DA wouldn't even be looking at this case. I mean, and that, I, I mean, for Jonah Goldberg to admit that, it speaks volumes. Everyone familiar with the legal system understands this is just 
about the destroy Trump agenda. And again, the destroy Trump, ag Trump agenda is in a larger and most important way. It is about the idea of whether or not the, the populism, the renewal of America as a strong and sovereign nation, uh, the renewal of America and the role of the individual and our rights to freedom and our continuation of a country rooted in freedom and capitalism and free markets, everything Trump restored and bringing back the strength of our economy and bolstering our military. Everything a president would do if you love this country is what Trump did. And he interfered with the destruction of America undertaken during the Biden administration and excuse me, during the Obama administration, Obama, Biden, and then continued again now with, with Biden. So, I mean, this is a you know, people say, well, this is, it's, you know, Trump is so bad, anything to get rid of him. And you see all these people, you know, Trump's gone, get Trump, get Trump, waving posters and signs, not thinking, you know, what is the consequence of that? What happens the next time somebody is an unpopular president? Or it's a president who leaves office and, you know, the other party wins and they want to just engage in vitriol and revenge. And, and I mean, we can't allow our country to sink to that level. And so I said, I find I find the entire story just truly, um, truly amazing that more people in Washington don't speak up. I'm deeply, deeply disappointed uh, that so few in the Congress and Senate are speaking up. I, I really do think, for example, Ronna McDaniel, uh, who is the head of the RNC, who just battled through to hold on to be the head of the RNC, she's not speaking up, bemoaning this political persecution of Trump. Uh, neither is hardly anyone in the House or the Senate. At least uh, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky had the backbone to say that the Manhattan DA should be in jail. That was a start, but very, very, very few voices. And I, I expect the voices to speak up whether they love Trump or hate Trump because the, the patriot thinkers, the bigger thinkers about what America is, should be speaking up to say, we cannot go down this slippery slope. We cannot go over the cliff to becoming a third world tin pot dictator banana republic. Quickly, in the last, next 15 seconds, for our radio listeners on Brady and Radio, thank you for carrying the show, Brady. I'm everyone going to go off to a break. At the bottom of the hour, 30 minutes past the hour, come right back after a three-minute break. I'll be right here talking truth about America. Okay, so for everybody else, I'm going to turn to um, my next story. I, uh, this is a um, story that is uh, called it Dismantle the Deep State. And I have a clip I want to play uh, of President Trump. And I've noticed, I want to tell you about what uh, Trump is doing. Uh, Trump is doing these um, videos, and I'm hoping I have, okay. He's doing these videos where he's essentially saying um, that he wants to tell America what he would do if he were president again. And he's laid out many, many, um, not just talking points, that just sounds a little bit... Um, uh, to diminishes the importance of them. He's laying out big time, big thinking policies. And he's laying these out um, on the, um, in fact, I think he, this might have been on, he's either on Truth Social or on um, Twitter. But uh, anyways, at Team Trump, at the at symbol Team Trump. And what he's putting out is Agenda 47. He's talking what he would do if he were to be reelected and become, you know, the 47th president after Biden. So he's talking about the idea, uh, he's laying out big policies, big thinking ideas. And one thing he's talking about is when he gets back in the White House, if he does, he wants to dismantle the deep state. Because it's one thing, I actually think when Trump ran, he made that famous speech 
it was like October 2016 or so, basically saying, you know, there are millions of dollars um, that are, and, and many, many people, profound power in this world that are opposed to this presidency, opposed my presidency, opposed my campaign. He tried to give warning that what he, what he was up against in this, and what he was talking about and trying to give a definition to is the deep state or the swamp, as he called it, the deep state uniparty cabal in Washington that is just immersed in their own system, how they've done things for years, who's in charge, who runs things, what strings get pulled, what avenues are get pursued in legislation. And so, and, and in policy, and how big the bureaucracy is in Washington. Also, he talked about the bureaucracy in Washington, and it is just a behemoth. It's just a my word, but it's a massive um, source of power in Washington that the American people cannot penetrate. You can't vote them out. You can't. Uh, I mean, you you have no action to take against them in this kind of behemoth of the administrative state uh, compounded with the way the deep state, and this is both parties, very uniparty, they function for years, they believe they're in charge of everything, and, and Trump knew back in his uh, campaign speech, and I think it was October 2016, that those forces were up against him. I don't think he had a clue he did not have a clue for how serious things really were. He did not have a gauge. Donald Trump did not have a gauge when he uh, ran in 2016 for really realizing how deep the deep state was, how sick and dangerous the swamp is. And he really, you know, savvy as he was business-wise and tough as he was as a, as a fighter, he had no idea what he was up against. I mean, he learned a lot in the first, um, you know, first year or so of his presidency, how deep the hatred was going to go against someone who would dare to upset the deep state. So Donald Trump is putting out little things now telling us essentially what he would do if he were to be elected president. One of them is uh, he called this dismantle the deep state. It's a little bit long for a segment. Um, and so I'm going to make sure, uh, Ziggy, you, I want to keep my mic on. So I may interrupt periodically, but I want to just tell you, this is Trump going beyond, you know, slogan slinging and saying, you know, ah, low taxes and strong borders and great military. This is Donald Trump trying to directly address what he now really fully understands after his first term as president uh, what has to happen in Washington to really change things. So here's Donald Trump. This reads, dismantle the deep state and reclaim our democracy. My plan to dismantle the deep state and reclaim our democracy from Washington corruption once and for all, and corruption it is. First, I will immediately reissue my 2020 executive order restoring the president's authority to remove rogue bureaucrats, and I will wield that power very aggressively. Second, we will clean out all of the corrupt actors in our national security and intelligence apparatus, and there are plenty of them. The departments and agencies that have been weaponized will be completely overhauled so that faceless bureaucrats will never again be able to target and persecute conservatives. Christians or the left's political enemies, which they're doing now at a level that nobody can believe even possible. Third, we will totally reform FISA courts, which are so corrupt that the judges seemingly do not care when they are lied to in warrant applications. So many judges have seen so many applications that they know were wrong, or at least they must have known. They do nothing about it. They're lied to. 
Fourth, to expose the hoaxes and abuses of power that have been tearing our country apart. We will establish a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and corruption. And there are plenty of them. Fifth, we will launch a major crackdown on government leakers who collude with the fake news to deliberately weave false narratives and to subvert our government and our democracy. When possible, we will press criminal charges. Sixth, we will make every Inspector General's office independent and physically separated from the departments they oversee so they do not become the protectors of the deep state. Seventh, I will ask Congress to establish an independent auditing system to continually monitor our intelligence agencies to ensure they are not spying on our citizens or running disinformation campaigns against the American people, or that they are not spying on someone's campaign like they spied on my campaign. Eighth, we will continue the effort launched by the Trump administration to move parts of the sprawling federal bureaucracy to new locations outside the Washington Swamp. Just as I moved the Bureau of Land Management to Colorado, as many as 100,000 government positions could be moved out, and I mean immediately, of Washington to places filled with patriots who love America. And they really do love America. Ninth, I will work to ban federal bureaucrats from taking jobs at the companies they deal with and that they regulate. So they deal with these companies, and they regulate these companies, and then they want to take jobs from these companies. Doesn't work that way. Such a public display cannot go on, and it's taking place all the time, like with Big Pharma. Finally, I will push a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress. This is how I will shatter <clears throat> the deep state and restore government that is controlled by the people and for the people. Thank you very much. Okay, so for everyone listening online, um, I link to this on our website because I, I'm going to go through just a few of his points, but I urge you to read this. First of all, if you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links. I link to this article where you can hear him speak, or you can just go look it up yourself. But this is Trump making a speech, essentially. He's putting out a bunch of these videos uh, saying, talking what he would do as president. And the reason I like them, and I will say, we're gonna, whenever DeSantis declares, and I'll tell you, I, I'm still in the camp I actually think it's possible he's not going to run. I, I know I'm like the only one saying this, but I think it's possible he's not going to run. I think that he is going to look at what Trump is doing, the popularity uh, Trump has, and he just won a big re-election. He, uh, DeSantis in Florida, he can stay there and he's a young man. I think he might decide not to get into the fray. I'm not saying he's afraid of the fight, um, and maybe he just thinks the fight's gotta be had. He is starting to come out a little bit, um, taking shots at Trump, who Trump has taken shots at DeSantis, so that's fine. But I'm just getting at the point, I, I will cover when DeSantis gets to substantive policies he's proposing if he does run. Uh, but right now we have Trump, the first one in, in this race, um, and really talking very substantively about things he wants to do. And, um, and I, I want to just quickly run through ones I think are especially impactful. Um, one is, you know, he had an executive order, which he, I think this was number one, 
uh, and what he just went through, but about he had a 2020 executive order. Essentially, um, his authority to remove rogue bureaucrats is the way that he described it. But, you know, people in Washington, if you are, you know, you, you get jobs in Washington and you become, you're, you're, you're a civil servant, you're there for life. I mean, you can hardly be fired. And many presidents have lamented this. So our system kind of built up almost invincible job security for far too many people in Washington. And they are, they're sitting in their offices and they've got a political agenda and they're not necessarily doing the bidding, even of the, the current president, the one the people just elected, but instead they are doing their agenda. And he's saying, you can't, you have, an, and, and actually, I remember Reagan griped about this. Reagan saying, I get into office, even when he filled the very top level, you know, the, the uh, cabinet level, the agencies, people beneath the very high levels, but beneath the cabinet level, they just ignore whatever Trump, whatever Reagan wanted. They do whatever they want. They ignore him. He's saying, we can't have this. You know, you, you can't, you don't get them to listen and implement the policies the president wants because they, unelected bureaucrats, have more power and don't really have to listen to the president. So Trump basically had that idea, and we do have to find some way. I actually think there shouldn't be any unions at the federal government level. Anyone publicly paid by the taxpayers, anyone paid by the taxpayers should not be able to join a union. You just, you can't have that job security for public employees, especially given what it has created for us in America. Anyway, I love it. His idea we're going to have the reinstatement of his executive order uh we're basically going to say um he called it under his um description back in his executive order in october 2020 which never got fully implemented uh there's going to be civil servants with jobs uh tied to policy determining etc cetera, etc cetera, uh, and basically they can be removed by the president it's the president assuring that the American people get the government they elected because they're not going to have an agency standing in the way of the president. Uh, he wants to fire corrupt officials. Um, he wants to clean up the FISA courts. That is a whole other thing, which we talked about many times in the midst of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax created by Hillary. Um, and he really talked about this Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which is a huge thing to do. And I think for many people, it would be a... Um, I, it would be just uh, like, you know, in fact, the movie I often analogize to, you know, the movie Minority Report, um, and it had Tom Cruise in it, and they're in this horrific system in Minority Report where they have these uh, precogs, these magical people who can predict the future, and st stay with me, this ties to what we're talking about. So in Minority Report, they have these precog people, and they can somehow predict the future, and so they see, allegedly, see crime before it happens, so the police run out and they arrest you while you're sitting at your home, eating breakfast, you've done nothing wrong, but the precogs say you're going to do a crime today, the precogs know you are, so we're going to arrest you now. And the, what I'm raising that to say is, it was a, a system that was just horrific. I remember the very end of the movie, they finally have exposed the corruption and evil of this precog system. And the end of the movie, Tom Cruise walks out with his wife. Um, and it's like the, the uh, set was brighter. The sun was brighter. It was like a, we are just a new day, a new day. We're going to get rid of this precog absurdity, the minority report whole story. And we're going to have a new day where justice system is based on actual justice. So what Trump is talking about in this Truth and Reconciliation Commission is the idea that they're going to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying 
on censorship and on corruption. Because you realize all these bureaucrats in Washington, they function with almost certainty that no one's ever going to know what they're doing. No one's ever going to know. So it's a pretty darn wonderful thing. Um, I, I think this, I mean, America needs this major refreshing of our government, this major overhaul, this major removal of the deep state and all of the uh, policies and procedures that have been built up over decades, spying on the American people, uh, censoring the American people. We're just beginning to find out about that. I love this idea. Uh, wants to crack down on government leakers and fake news. He just had, Trump just has a bunch of things he's really showing in this um, idea, in this, uh, and we'll probably talk more about his other ideas, but he's showing leadership. He's saying, you can't have what these people have been trying to do to us. We can't function as a country if that's how they function. We, we, we just can't do it. And we've got to get a real, a big refreshing of government. Um, I love it also. He has term limits for everybody in Congress. Obviously, he cannot pass that, but he's talking about beginning the constitutional process. Couldn't agree more. You can't get anyone in Washington. No one who finally gets elected to the House or Senate is ever going to agree to to uh, limit their own terms. Not going to happen. So I, I love that Trump's talking about that. Uh, very quickly, before I go on my last topic, uh, I do have a great last topic today, um, and I'm going to get to it, but I want to do a couple things about this show. Number one, our website is americacanwetalk.org. If you like the show, if you appreciate what you learn, I want to urge you to consider supporting the show. You can go to americacanwetalk.org. You can join as a member. It's a mere $50 a year, 5-0, almost nothing. That's one way to support the show. Join for $50 a year. You get a discount on our future summits. We've had three wildly successful Women for Freedom summits, another one coming up. You get discounts on that and discounts on products. <clears throat> uh, secondly, at our website, you can make a donation. And if you really are able to be to support this show, I, I ask you, I implore you to do that. This is a listener-supported show. This is how we get this show rolling. It's listener-supported. You can make a donation online at americacanwetalk.org. I've been doing this show for almost nine years. I've never been paid one penny. And this lovely studio and these very professional producers and everything I have are expensive. And so we tell our children that we are, you know, spending their inheritance. But if you'd like to support the show, it would be deeply, deeply appreciated. Also, I want to urge you other two other ways you can be supportive of this show. If you go to the website... And I, I don't know if Ziggy is filling in today as my happy producer. I don't know if he has these or not. Uh, but we have these. I have two uh, organizations for which I'm an affiliate. Uh, one is Patriot Mobile. One is MyPillow. But at MyPillow.com, if you go to MyPillow.com, at that website, you can find all sorts of wonderful products. And my husband and I buy lots of products from them. We have never been disappointed in one product. If you go to MyPillow.com, sheets, pillows, obviously, blankets, slippers, bathrobes, towels, great high-quality products, go to MyPillow.com. Buy a bunch of wonderful things for yourself, high quality, and when you're checking out, use the promo code DEBBIEG, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, DEBBIEG. You'll get up to 66% off on everything you buy. I get a small payment. You get great products delivered right to your door. So again, go to MyPillow.com and the promo code put in DEBBIEG. I also want to urge you to consider changing your cell phone coverage. 
And one other promotion I can offer you, and I encourage you to do it, is to switch your cell phone coverage to Patriot Mobile. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Debbie G, they will show you all of the packages they have available. There's a package that fits everybody's budget. You can switch your cell phone coverage from wherever you are now to patriotmobile.com. And the reason to do that is Patriot Mobile only makes donations to conservative causes that you will already like and support. Patriot Mobile provides tremendous support for conservative causes you would love. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Debbie G, put Debbie G in the promo code. You, they will waive your initiation fee and they have the same cell towers, the same quality coverage. Whoever you're getting cell phone coverage from now, go to patriotmobile.com and you will be so happy you did. You'll know that your dollars are being used to support causes you would care about. Okay, one last uh, topic I want to hit, and I um, know that we don't have a ton of time, but I, I really wanted to hit it. I called it jazz and trans as torture. I'm going to tell you very quickly, you know, if you think about 10 years ago, or pretty much for your whole life until 10 years ago, only a few of us had ever heard of the idea of people considering themselves to be transgender, meaning you heard of people saying, you know, like Bruce Jenner wanted to become Caitlyn Jenner. So you heard of people wanting to make a transition uh, from one gender to the other. But you did not hear this idea that has now become prevalent, which is in the transgender movement, which is, it's not that you are agreeing, I, I am a male, want to become a female, or I'm female, want to become male. But instead you're being told your gender, the transgender ideology means that you are being told that regardless of your anatomy, your gender is utterly your choice. Your gender is whatever you think it is. It's whatever you think it is. And so the transgender movement has encouraged many young people, and especially being pushed in the public schools and everywhere else, encourage young people to think, not I know what I am, I'm a guy or I'm a girl, and I want, but I, I, I'm thinking about transitioning, but it is being told this is what you are. Whatever you think is what you are. That is the difference that's happened. And because it's pushed in the public schools and pushed in media uh, by the propaganda media in this country, there has been great harm done to young people in this country. You may have seen the book that talked about Jazz, a person who was going by the name of Jazz, J-A-Z-Z. And this person was actually a Jazz Jennings is a real person. And it was a boy who decided uh, that he wanted to be a girl. And so actually had surgery to transition his body or to attempt to transition his body from being a boy to being a girl. And so, you know, had the actual surgery involved. And this is the saddest story. And the reason I'm telling this story, I'm not mocking these people. I feel deeply, deeply sorry for these people because now we have a video. I think, yeah, Mr. Uh, Ziggy has a video to play for you. This is how Jazz Jennings is today. What's going on in his slash her life. So, um, are you feeling like you wanted to start talking about, are you okay? I'm okay. I'm going to cry. You know I can't get out of my head. I know. No, listen. <laughs> it I just doesn't stop. It's okay. Give me a hug. It's okay. I know what you're going through. We've been there before. No, it still doesn't stop now. I and I'm already going back to negative. But the more you're talking about yourself, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. You're digging in and you're, it's making you put a magnifying glass on what's mm -hmm. already difficult as it is. 
So this is hard for you. I know. And you don't, we don't want to push I know. I'm the one doing it. Like, I know. You're your own worst enemy. I feel kind of all over the place and like my mind is very cluttered and not clear. And I really want to have that clarity. I really want to understand myself and be able to read my own soul and what I want. And it's just very challenging. And I think I'm kind of breaking down a little bit and spiraling into negativity. Okay, I'm going to cut her off like there. Let's cut her off there. You know, I'm going to run out of time in the show. What is happening is this young person whom all of these Hollywood people celebrated, isn't it so cool? Jazz, you know, I guess it was short for Jasmine. But in any case, a boy went through transition, uh, allegedly became a girl. But the fact is, this person is not either, not a boy or a girl. She's, after this transition occurred, went through periods of deep psychological problems, gained 100 pounds uh, from eating, just you know, being upset, and now is being interviewed talking about, I, I never feel like I'm me. That's what she's saying. I don't ever feel like I'm me. All I want is to be happy and feel like me. I don't feel like me ever. This girl has, boy, has created misery in their lives. And then another, and I'm going to get to several points I want to make about this, but there's another instance I want to share with you. And this is a young uh, woman who um, went through transition from being uh, a girl, a young woman, and at age 13, she had a double mastectomy and uh, tried to become a boy, and now she's 18. And she's suing Kaiser Permanente, the medical facility that allowed her and, and actually conducted the uh, mastectomy So she, in, in her effort to transition. Well, she's now 18, gone back to being a girl, and she's suing Kaiser Permanente, basically saying, someone should have helped me. Someone should have stood up for me. And so she's got a case going against Kaiser Permanente. And I want to say... She should be suing more than Kaiser Permanente. What we are watching happen in our society is this thrill the left gets. The more perverse something is, the more bizarre, the more out there, the more irrational, the more lunatic, the left leftist mindset. And it is, is leftism. It is this Marxist thinking that destroys the idea of family and family structure and, and, and God-given identity. Marxism targets religion and faith and tells people, you know, you don't have God-given identity. You're whatever you want to be. You can change every day. I mean, the whole movement toward transgenderism is a cruel assault on young people, a cruel assault on young people. It has caused, I mean, I'm featuring those two cases. I mentioned to you before, Independent Women's Voice has many, many stories. They are featuring young people coming out at, you know, in the early 20s saying, why didn't someone stop me? Why didn't someone explain to me? It was just a phase. In fact, this girl who's suing Kaiser said, you know, no one even told me that I might just get over all these bad thoughts I had about being female, that most people who go through transgender questioning, you know, go get through it and, and move on and stay intact and have, keep their body intact. And what has happened really is this transit, this determination to make this latest craze or fad into something real when it's not real. It's not a, it's not a thing that happens. It's a psychological problem people have. It's a danger and it is something to be treated with not, not cruelty, not harshness toward the young people experiencing this, 
but is to be treated with tenderness and care and attention, but not just simply saying, because one day you decided you're the opposite gender from what you obviously are, we're going to facilitate gender-affirming care, and we're going to shut your parents out of the discussion and shut everybody else out of the discussion and let you do this to your body. And, and I mean, this girl suing Kaiser Permanente ought to be suing the American public school system, should I be suing the teachers' unions, everybody who pushes this on kids. And that's the other aspect aspect of this that doesn't get talked about enough. It's bad enough schools push this. They push it, but they are planting seeds of confusion and doubt in the minds of very young people. I mean, they're doing transgender lunacy in kindergarten and very young ages, telling kids, well, just because your mommy and daddy and doctor say that you are a boy or you're a girl, you, know, you don't know. You, they, they don't know. You only know, and you can decide for yourself. I cannot urge you strong enough, people, get in the movement to speak up at the school boards, wherever you can, and to, to just stop this mutilation of young children. Push your legislatures to, to prevent this from occurring in your state where you live. And this, you know, the, the left manages to sell this with this mindset that says, why can't you just be understanding? Why can't you be inclusive? Why can't you care about these young people? And the answer really is, for those of us who are heads on straight, the caring thing to do is to provide help to young people who seem to be struggling with their gender identity, but it's not to indulge the fantasy of their having a op gender opposite of their biology and just treat that as though that is what needs to, that is the only way to respond versus getting the help and care they actually really need. We're about out of time for our radio listeners. Come back every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Tomorrow we have Natasha Owens, Christian singer, whose new song is Trump Won and You Know It. And she's coming on with us tomorrow, so you don't want to miss out on that. We run out of time every day in this show. I have more things to say, but we're out of time. So I do at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today. We have those slides, I hope. Yep, we got them. Okay, ready to roll. We started the show today. Um, we were talking about um, destroy Trump as a legal doctrine, a legal goal. Special counsel now has a theory that Trump lied to his attorneys about the Mar-a-Lago documents. So therefore, that wants to break the attorney-client privilege, build a criminal case against Trump through his attorneys. That is so un-American. Data now out that shows FBI has spent 16,000 more hours investigating January 6th, one day in American history, uh, than 2020 riots. 2020 riots injured 150 police officers just in Washington, D.C., and around the country caused $2 billion in damage with 19 people killed. The DOJ has stated another, excuse me, that another, yeah, DOJ has stated that another 1,200 indictments of J6 attendees are expected, flooding D.C. jails. This is two-plus years after the event. And New York City DA Bragg's ridiculous case to all this, and any sane observer would conclude the determination to get Trump is wildly out of control, not evidence-based. The idea that Trump is a villain beyond any other politician is ridiculous. This is about a threat to the ruling class power, and the ruling class is dishonest and vicious. And Manhattan DA Bragg stalled, let us hope, expected grand jury meeting for today postponed. Costello testimony clearly unexpected and shook things up. Michael Cohen is not a reliable witness upon which to build an indictment of a president. 
stories of exculpatory evidence withheld by Bragg as to likely grand jury uneasiness. Polls showing Trump rising in popularity after news of the pending indictment, rising pleas for Biden to call off Bragg for the good of the country. It's amazing. Democrats are, are getting very worried about that Bragg is actually going to help Trump win. Radical left is the dog that chased the car and caught it. Perp walk of Trump appears to be imminent and is a dream of the radical left, but it may make Trump too popular to cheat out of the 2024 election, even if Bragg rethinks Special counsel is ready to make a different tact, take a different tact. Has the radical left lawfare jumped the shark? And on Dismantle the Deep State, Trump has released a video of his plan to dismantle the deep state. Specific, unambiguous, comprehensive, and the target is named. No other presidential candidate has been as targeted by the deep state. None are prepared to fight it. Out of control, defy the people, power-craving, uniparty, deep state, are America's enemy. Is it a fool's errand to take them out? America's founding was premised on the demand for self-government by the people, not government by elitists out of touch with the people. Are we in the midst of the second American revolution? Yes. Are we still the people? with the spirit to insist that government of, by, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. And on jazz and trans as torture. Story of jazz now spreading. Boy turned into a girl with penile inversion surgery. Don't even want to picture that. Jazz now laments, not myself. I'm uncomfortable with my identity. I never feel like me was actually the line. Never feel like me. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, I didn't even tell you about this. Dylan Mulvaney um, is a also a trans who got a really, really nice letter, amazingly, a nice letter uh, posted on Instagram from no less than Kamala Harris. Dylan Mulvaney also going viral, boy dancing around in schoolgirl dress, nothing courageous about this. Kamala Harris wrote otherwise, it's just mental illness indulged. 18-year-old trans victim now suing Kaiser Permanente for surgery, surgery performed at age 13. All these cases are adding to overwhelming evidence that trans-motivated surgeries performed on children are simply evil. They represent child abuse, not child care. Humoring this fantasy is deeply harmful. The entire transhumanism concept is morally untethered and dangerous, even for adults. Why the sudden rush to embrace it? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Tomorrow, Thursday, our special guest joining us on our Thursday show the in-studio audience is Natasha Owens, Christian singer, and her latest huge hit is called Trump Won and You Know It. She is beautiful, talented, and hilarious. So please tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America Can We Talk? Truth About America.